Tonight on AfterBuzz TV's Thursday Night Football After Show, we break down the AFC West showdown between the Broncos and Chargers, and we got Mr. Lights Out, Sean Merriman himself, in studio to talk about it. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. We're about to turn the lights out on you because we are live on AfterBuzzTV.com, the AfterBuzzTV YouTube page. You are liking, subscribing on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you share. Give those five stars. You do not want to miss this week's episode. Welcome, everybody. I am Josh Tariff. We got the whole gang here this week. First off, lovely lady to my left is Miss JJ Jurgens. Hi, guys. I know it's Thursday night, but I also have to give a shout out. Go Dodgers! Yes, Dodgers victorious tonight as well. Over on the other side of the table, it's Jill Monroe. Hey, it's Jill. Check me out at Stiletto Jill, all social media. I was going to say something else, but, you know. <laughs> and, just going to get it back in. And okay. next to Jill is, of course, Mr. Michael Rippey. That's right. What's up, guys? Michael Rippey here. You can catch me on social media at Mike Rips, M-I-K-R-I-P-S. All right, and we got an incredible special Yay. guest in studio. Three-time Pro Bowler. Charger, yeah. Buffalo Bell, Defensive Rookie of the Year. You'll see him on Sports Nation all the time. He's going to be on Sports Nation later this Monday, week, Monday. this Monday. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, lights out. Sean Merriman is here. Woo! Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the studio audience applause. Yeah, it's so loud. The lights out. Yeah, right. It's crazy. It gives me like chills every time I hear it. They used to play that when I came out the tunnel last, and I would hear the lights out song, and my like hair would raise up on my arm. I'm like, oh my god, about to. Go crazy again. Right? What is what Can is get the, a little dance? Yeah, what is the yeah, closest like thing that equals that that excitement for you? Is there anything that would come remotely close to that? It, it's it, you can't you can't describe mm-hmm. it because you're walking out to seventy five thousand people going crazy, right? And, right. And you don't hear people; you hear wave. So it's like one big wave, and you see this smoke, and you see these like cameras coming down from ropes and it's just like a big movie so you can't really ever replace that feeling walking out the tunnel and you got that nickname back in high school or something back in right? high school yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah how did you get in high school my my uh my sophomore year i actually i knocked out four guys in one game four guys in one game so after the game a lot of people i would say about 25 to 30 people come right up to me and they say oh man you knocked those guys lights out and i was like yeah, call me like top. Right? <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's a good it's one. Stuck. Yeah, it's I mean, stayed to, all the way through college and then through the pros. And your dance has been try, done by many. They all try to do. So, yeah. what, tell me about the creation of that. Um, well, so after yeah, I got the nickname high, uh, "Lights Out" in high school, I got a tattoo on my right forearm, and uh, my mom took my bed, like begged her to take me to get this tattoo. So, the tattoo I would pretend to flick up and up and down like I was turning the lights off. <laughs> And my my freshman year at the University of Maryland, while I went to school, I knocked a guy who was playing Georgia Tech, and I was doing the lights out dance, and I was jumping up and down, and then the crowd got me hyped, and when they got me hyped, I did it harder, and that's when kind of like the stumping and the <laughs> hammer jacket yeah. started going crazy. Yeah. Out dance, yeah, listen. Yeah. Well, well, the, well, the Chargers fans did themselves a little dance today oh. because they I were mean. able to hold on to a lead. It's about time. Yeah. Barely. But yeah. they, but, but they, they held nervous. on. Yeah, they were, they were nervous. The still. record yeah. doesn't belie the talent that they have this season. Yeah, uh. yeah, that's somebody's like fantasy team or something like that, right? You go, you, <laughs> you, go, you go in the locker room and and it's like, man, we're really one four, and we could be undefeated this year mm-hmm. or one and three or whatever it was. So like, oh, we we really only won one game this year, and yeah. we lost the last couple minutes of every game. 
And I'm the type lead, like, even though I play for the team, right, I, I want my boys who I play with to be successful. Like, I want my coaches who coach me to be successful. But I'm not in front of TV like, I'm going to die if the Chargers don't win, right? I just want them to win. Sure. But this time, I was actually in fr- <laughs> I wouldn't leave until I knew what was going to happen. To the clock said zero. <laughs> like, I was yeah. not going to leave my living room You're until I knew for sure they mm-hmm. were going to win. Their four losses are by a combined 14 points. And they're all brutal. Oh yeah. They're all brutal ways to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, they're, they're 21 points to score tonight against the Broncos. They got to 21 in the weirdest way possible. I mean, you would think, mm-hmm. oh, just three touchdowns. No, one touchdown, four field goals, and a safety. Right. <laughs> but that's, what, that's the kind of year it's yeah. been yeah. for them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you don't add up to 21 that often that way. But, I mean, they controlled the way they came out the first half. I mean, Philip Rivers was amazing, and he was controlling the whole game. And they had they had the ball for 20 minutes, and I think, yeah, they only had it for nine. So yeah. it's like they, they look so strong. You can't believe that they're one and four. Especially considering but, going up against Denver's defense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've seen that. I mean, I, I don't care what anybody's saying, and I've watched them the whole year, and obviously I know Denver's <laughs> defense. Uh, Wade Phillips, who's the defensive coordinator, he coached me my first couple years, and I was like, oh, man, they're going to eat Phillip up. They're just going to kill him. And they came out throwing the ball, and I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't expect to see this. And Phillip's been throwing for back-to-back 300-yard games. It just the, the record just doesn't show what they've been doing on the team. I mean, Melvin Gordon, the running back, he was did like seven, eight touchdowns this year, yeah. and it just doesn't show on the record. Yeah, Phillip's been really good this season. Yeah, he, he, doesn't he, he admits all the injuries the they've tonight, had, right? and yeah, yeah. he's yeah. the game Chargers all-time uh, leading passer. Yeah, yeah, passing Dan Fouts. And I mean, you talk about you know great stats, great numbers from Melvin Gordon, Philip Rivers. They really help you when you play on DraftKings. Because yeah. <laughs> do you like that segue? Was that good? good I like good one. Yeah, because yeah. DraftKings remember is it is the destination for your one week fantasy football. So I mean, if you're playing fantasy football and you're like, oh, my team. Uh, a guy got hurt. My season's over. Not so on DraftKings. You reset your lineups every week. You can challenge your friends. You can play against tons and tons of people, thousands upon thousands. Do 50-50 leagues where literally half the field wins. Josh knows about that, right? You know about the head-to-head. Uh-oh. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll a little talk, matchup that happened. We'll talk <laughs> about Thursday that a little, night matchup. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, um, but if you use your promo code BUZZ, you will play for free with your first deposit. So remember, use the promo code BUZZ. Play for free for your share of over $1 million in total prizes this weekend. Only at DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. Make sure you see the site for details. And what Mike is referring to is, um, you know, we get a little friendly challenge on DraftKings. And I always feel nice. Like, I feel like it's almost like a, a charity when I when I let, you know, a close of mine be victorious in, in fantasy. Make him feel good about himself so he feels a little more confident. I, feel, I feel really good right now. Do you? Yeah. Okay. That's I guess we'll set up our team next week. Right there. Yeah. yeah. He, he's like really feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting to see So what again. did we win? <laughs> what did we Pizza party win? on Josh. Right. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Actually, you, we, sh- we should make like just a, like a friendly wager for something to do for the show yeah. on it. We'll have, to, we'll have to talk about that off the air and then tweet it out. All right, let's do it. Okay, fair enough. Challenge, but um, <laughs> but when you when you when you talk about you know like the numbers and things that when you look at the numbers tonight, it didn't feel like it. But Trevor Simeon statistically actually had a better game well, over Philip Rivers. That well, here's the thing about that: the, the, the stats you can't if you're the Broncos, you cannot win going forward if he's going to throw the ball 50 times. He, you can't have Trevor Simeon throwing the ball 50 times mm-hmm. in any game, attempting it that many. That's too many times. 
And then furthermore, if he's going to throw the ball 50 times, a lot of those targets have to be going to Demarius Thomas, and they did not get Demarius Thomas involved tonight, and that's the main reason that they weren't successful. Well, he did have yeah. 10. He had 10 mm-hmm. targets. Well, he, 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 he had a couple it times he had, like, alligator arms, too. Like, yeah. He came across the middle, yeah. and you see, and he, like, he, was, he knew the safety or somebody was there ready to hit him. And I think it just shows, like, what the defense, uh, John Pagano and that San Diego defense did. They were, like, making them fear them throwing the ball and running the ball until, like, towards the end of the game. Like, they have been all season. Like, I'm going to just let up off of the gas, and you guys can have another opportunity to score. But Demarius Thomas, man, he, I mean, he's a great player, but... You know, he didn't. He didn't have a big effect. No, yeah, it had a very small effect. Right. Right. Yeah. And he had that fumble, which was right. a, a bad. Yeah, run. that it was, was huge. Yeah. Now, let me let me ask you this, Sean, because obviously there's a big division battle. Division games mean a whole lot more. But like, what type of nerves go through the team or players' like excitement when you are like the national game, the Monday night or the Thursday night game, when it's against a division foe? Oh, you you you're the only show on. Right. It's like you know that. It's no 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock, somebody switching back and forth. No, you are the show. So everybody who you grew up with in high school and you know grew up with in your neighborhood, your high school teachers and your boys and girls club coaches, everybody's watching this game. So you just get that little bit more, you know, that much energy like going for it, and you just go all out. Um, and then to make it even worse, divisional, divisional games, you see each other twice a year. So imagine if... You know, I would try to use another term. If someone like shoved you in the hallway at school, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay, we don't. I'm not gonna see you again today, but tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow is so, so you play, you yeah, you shot. play somebody the first the first time, and that offensive lineman that cut blocked you, that took your legs out, or that shoved you after the play, or somebody that came and hit you illegally after the whistle was blown. You're like, okay, I don't might not have you this time, but next game, it's on. So it makes that that rivalry just that much more. Did you did you have one? What was the team that you just you saw that team on the schedule and like that's the team <laughs> I don't like? It's easy, easy. <laughs> it's easy. Oakland? No. Who was it? No. Patriots. I knew uh, yeah. Is that is that a common theme? Should I not yeah. mention I'm from Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 we talked about it. <laughs> we talked about it. Yeah. yeah, and I slowly kind of backed away. After yeah, I brought it yeah, up I know. You always didn't make it into the show, man. I'm, I'm, was, glad, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm above an arm's length away right now. I hate New England. You know, but you know why? Because of because they're a great team, right. you know, and and the success they had over the years, and the back to back times that they've put us out to playoffs, it's like, you know, oh six they got us, and they got us in oh seven I believe, you know, so you you grow a, a hate for this team that you always lose against. Now you're facing Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks in history, and now he just can gloat and people can love him more. You're like, God damn, yeah. So you you get this rivalry going on, and everything about them you just kind of start to despise. Did you have any uh, a game day ritual or a schedule that you stuck to or some anything you did? Not not really. The only thing that I that I, that I learned quickly, um, I guess, being a rookie is tickets. It was my it was my biggest thing because I would have people calling or trying to reach out to me like 30, 40 minutes before the game mm-hmm. starts, trying to figure out like did I leave tickets or not? And I got to a point where I was like, your tickets are here. If you don't pick them up, if you don't show, that's on you. But I'm putting everything here. Do not call me <laughs> 30, 40 minutes before I'm, like, thinking about going to rip somebody's head off talking about where your seat's at for the game. That's not where my mind they is. They expect mm-hmm. when, when when the music's blasting that you're just on your phone talking with them as you're walking out. I mean, oh, should yeah. that be how it is? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, and, and they actually get mad. It's like, do you understand the 
preparation that goes on. You know where my mental state is right now. I'm not thinking about where your seats are. Um, so that was that was really my only thing. About it. I was like, I had to zone out completely from anything that was involving outside the game. I just couldn't, mm-hmm. you know. So, so the Thursday night games have been kind of a hot topic. Yeah, the gameplay hasn't been as great as regular games on Sundays. You've played in the on Thursday night. Yeah. What's your take on the whole Thursday night situation? Do you think that there should be a game on Thursday night? Like, can the body recover? You- I, I, I like them, but once you get to a, a point in your career, like past your fifth year, where your body starts to sl- recover slower mm-hmm. than it did, like your first five, I mean, I remember times my first three or four years, I would just run out to the field sometime in practice. I wouldn't even stretch. I'm like, I'm good to go. Right, I hit it like around five, six, seven. I was like, oh, man, these hamstrings, this little back is a little tight. And what happens is once you kind of get older in your career and you've you know, taken some, some punishment on your body, every, every year or every couple years that go by, it takes a whole other day or two to recover. So you know, by the time I got in my eighth year, I was like, man, we had a Thursday night game. I'm like, I'm just getting healthy on Wednesday, or maybe you're just getting healthy when you wake up on that Thursday, and you got to do it all over again. Another thing, uh, as a player who got his nickname by giving people concussions and yeah. knocking them out, I want to hear your thoughts on the concussion protocol and the things the leagues are, the league is doing for that. Yeah, you know, I, you know, and this is the thing. And first of all, football is a violent sport. I don't care what you want to say; they can change all the rules, and you can't hit a guy here, or whatever. At the end of the day, your job is to ram your body as hard as you can into another person's body. Your body's not meant to do that. Um, second of all, they have made some changes to prevent guys from being defenseless. That's really that's really what it came in. You know, you don't want to hit a guy going across the middle who's not seeing a defender. Or crack back block against a defensive player from a wide receiver or tight end or offensive player. You don't want to see those things. Outside of that, it's a go. You know, and I've never been fined for a helmet to helmet. I mean, if, if you're a ball carrier and I see you, you you're going okay. to sleep. Night <laughs> 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 you know, If you see me coming, and I, I I see you coming. We're I feel like we're we're even. So there's no no cheating there. Well, along the lines of of um, people, not, you know, like not being 100 percent or you know not being at the game. Coach Kubiak for the Broncos yeah. was not there this week. He's still at home recovering from his illness. So obviously all the coaches, you know, they're they're of course very well trained and can jump into any role if needed. But what is the morale for the team when essentially your leader isn't anywhere there? Um, you know, for one, and I'm praying for Coach Kubiak. He's a, a you know great coach, and hopefully, whatever he has going, they say he was diagnosed with some kind of migraine status, mm-hmm. whatever it yeah. is, severe migraine. Um, hopefully, he gets better. Um, but it's it's tough because you want to go out there and win for your coach. You know, he's home, like watching the game, and he can't be there, so it's tough. And it's tough for another coach to just step into that role. Mm-hmm. It's not easy being the head coach of the National Football League. Sure, it's not because you have to be. You know, a manager of everybody on your staff, staff, and plus the players. So to step up in that role right away, and it's like, okay, now you call the shots. It's like, wow, you know, somebody just gave me the keys for rock for rock uh, for the, to the Ferrari, and I can't find the button anywhere. Like, where, where's the startup button? And that's kind of when I watched the game. That was going on early on. They couldn't find the startup button to that Ferrari that they had. Yeah, I kind of mm-hmm. thought about it like when I was back in school, and you had a substitute teacher. 
and they couldn't control the class, the substitute, because the classmates would just take advantage of the substitute, and it's just a different situation. And that's what it seemed like, because Denver started real slow today. Mm-hmm. Like, he just kind of started by putting on a movie? Just like, oh, sit there and just watch that. It's just right like, it's a different, really is it? You know, you listen to your teacher, you got the substitute, and you're like, ah, I could slack off a little bit. It's not the same feeling. So, you know, obviously, though, we hope that Gary Kubiak is all right. Yeah, they, they, mm-hmm. the reports were saying that he was going to be going back to work on Monday. Right. So hopefully, so hopefully that, that they, they took care of it and he'll be good for the rest of the year. Yeah, you know, obviously. absolutely. So, Sean, I have a quick question for you kind of socially. We saw at the start of the game, as we've seen with several games this season, Brandon Marshall took a knee during the national anthem. A few Chargers players raised their fists. How do you feel about these protests and how different players are handling them? And now with Colin, who started them this season, starting on Sunday, do you think it will impact his play? Do you think that these protests have been a distraction for the teams? or we're just I, I think early on, because I don't think we, we've seen that. Maybe in other sports or something like that, but definitely not in NFL. That just doesn't happen because it's so organizational-based. Um, it's so team-oriented that you haven't seen an individual player take an action like that. So he, was, he was heavily criticized for doing it. Um, I, I still feel the same way. I, I, I would choose to do it on a different platform. Um, I don't want my message to get mixed up from what I'm trying to present to people, what I'm trying to get across. And when it happened, it's like, you know, it, it was on with 9-11 or something, right? Or, or the day that... Yeah, the, the first Sunday of the year was 9-11. Right, right. So, you know... It, most a lot of people looked at what happened on nine eleven and not anything with police brutality. So it was like, okay, and it was a mixed signal, and I could see why they felt like that because you have family members of people who were affected in the tragedies of that, but you're you know talking about police brutality. So it's it's it was two different mm-hmm. things. Um, he got his point across. I think that at the end of the day, if if you're willing to accept the consequences for your actions, whatever they are, then then fine. Uh, me, myself, I would have chosen a different platform. I think that being an NFL player, you have a big voice no matter what. You can say it through Twitter. You can say it through a big function or a charity rally that you're having. Uh, something that you're speaking at where you have thousands of people and somebody's, everybody has a phone, you record, and it goes viral. I think that was a, a better platform. But to see other guys now doing it, I, I guess he you know, got his point across. If, if you were in that platform, what avenue would, would you personally take then? Like if you, if you were to do it. Um, you know what? I think that um, you have time uh, uh, when you when you walk away from the organization, right? Because you have team owners, you have teammates. Because remember, in the game of football, he's not a tennis player; he's not a boxer. Yeah. So if he was a, a, in a sport where he's an individual, then fine, do whatever you want because you represent yourself. Now, when you do something, you play on a team. You you uh, you're affecting the guys on your team. So these guys have to answer the questions for you, what you did. So you can have a big game coming up that week, and instead of you talking about how you guys are going to pre- prepare for that team, they're talking about, hey, what do you think of Colin and what he did? That's that's the only thing that I, I that I saw that was wrong with that with that scenario. So as I take it from this, I, it sounds like if you were playing today, you would you wouldn't do something during the game before the game. You would just stand with the regular with the rest of the guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I feel like I have a big enough voice and a platform being. An NFL player and being a, a star athlete, that whatever I say will get picked up in in the right manner. Got it. Um, and speaking of individuals, let's bring up real quick about Joey Boza for a minute because sure. he only had one tackle tonight, but he was all over the place, mm-hmm. constantly <laughs> chasing chasing down Simeon. Yeah. And we really haven't seen and the Chargers really haven't seen such an intense 
defensive player since a certain someone whose name is right on the tip of my tongue. Um, Can't think of it. Light bulb? God, no, no um, that's not helping me. I know. It will come back to me later. But let us know. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what what are, what are your thoughts on on Joey Boza? And you know, he's he, how he started the how season. he started the season, especially so because he was a high draft pick and he held out for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but you you know, I always said that was that was garbage. Okay. I always I always felt that way, and that was one of the ones I held out too. Sure. I don't I don't think I held out as long as he did, or for the same reasons. Mine was more of an injury clause or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day. You know, it's business, and the guy has to, you know, listen to his representation, which is his agent. And then if your agent is telling you, hey, you should do this, you have to listen to him because his, your agent has been doing this for 10, Train. 15, 20 plus years. Listen to him. He's had some of the best. He's going to put you in the best situation possible because he's there to represent you. Uh, I think that the fans had a right to be mad because you want to see your top draft pick on the field. Um, I remember all the things that were said about me before. Like, oh, you know, who does he think he is? I remember showing up the first day and, like, LaDainian Thompson and Phillip Rivers and all these guys, all these, like, Hall of Fame guys looking at me like, oh, yeah, Rook, you think you're a hot shot, right? And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm just, you know, and it's nothing you can do. I'm 20, 21 years old. What are you mm-hmm. going to say? These guys are Hall of Fame guys. And I knew he was going to have problems when he, when he came in. You know, there's nothing you can do in football that's going to, like, emulate your body movements and the fast explosion and turning your body and the offensive lineman is 330 pounds grabbing you and twisting you you're going to have some kind of like lower back muscle a hamstring a knee a toe an ankle and your body has to get used to playing football which he did i said that all along i said the first thing that's going to go when he gets back i said his back or his growing it was his back and the next it was his growing i mean because i understand those movements right. as especially at that position and I said, oh, I mean, it's not a big deal. He'll get healthy, and the, the kid can play. I, and, I, and, I, and I knew that. Who's a guy, when you look at the NFL today, that reminds you of yourself? Um, you know, obviously, uh, Vaughn, Vaughn Mills, I, I love watching him. Uh, great, great pass rush. He played well against the run tonight that nobody really talks about much. J.J. Watt is, is a beast and, and, and all. I would say if, if there's anyone that reminds me in a way, in a style that I played, I would say Khalil Mack. From the Raiders, okay, young guy, um, because he, he's a he's a bruiser. Um, he's you know if he needs to run through somebody, he can, and he's fast enough and athletic enough to go around you. And that was kind of my game. Like right when you think I'm a speed rusher, go around you. It's like I'm going to take a 330 pound tackle and I'm going to lift him up and I'm going to throw him into the quarterback. And when you can do both like that as a combination, because guys really don't know what you're going to do. And, and along along with Kalumak and the Raiders, based on the fact the Chargers beat the Broncos today, the Oakland Raiders have sole possession of first in the AFC West. So I've heard. Yeah. When, <laughs> when was the last time this happened? This was like the Rich Gannon years? I mean, while, it, it yeah. feels like that. When they wow. were still in L.A. <laughs> no, they were in Oakland I know, at I that know, point. I know. I'm just but, but it's the last time they were relevant, though. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it's just, it's. I always find it fascinating how it's always just a matter of time when all the visions, everything seems to change, except for the Patriots. Not in the but, um, <laughs> but, but, like, what, what, what are your thoughts now? Like, looking at what the Raiders are doing, what the Broncos, now they got a couple questions here. Um, Chiefs are kind of hanging out, and we got to see what's up with the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, think about this. I mean, you can only be bad, but so long. I mean, how many first round or top draft picks are you going to have back to back years before you're saying, okay, we got enough, right? We're good now. 
and you can look that look at that at uh, the the NFC South, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the who's the Falcons got Falcons better? Are, are you know, Tampa got better. The Saints didn't didn't really get much better, and then Carolina didn't get better. So the people around you are getting better, and you're not, and that happens over time. I mean, when I was playing in San Diego, it was it was almost like playing the Raiders, like a, this is a stat game. I was going to go get my stats up so y'all can send me to another Pro Bowl, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get me two this week, and I'm going to get back on track again. I'm going to get me one next week. So I had everything like calculated what I wanted to do. And they just got better as a team. You know, Derek Carr, the excitement that he's bringing, and all these young guys, they just have a different feel there in Oakland. And I'm not I'm not surprised, especially with the head coach now and the new leadership, I'm not surprised they're number one. Let's look further to the whole NFL. And right now we got one undefeated team left, the Vikings. Who's the best team in the NFL right now? I mean, you, you, you still have to st- – I mean, I know the Vikings are undefeated. Sure. Um, I think no turnover there, being offensive coordinator, is, you know, found – Sam Bradford, a new life. Mm-hmm. Coaches can do that for some guys. Um, and AP is out, so they, they, I mean, they're just doing everything over there to, to, to win. I, I would still say New England. Say it. Say it. Say it. I'm trying my best. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know New England. New England. Sure. Um, and just look what they've done without quarterbacks. Right, that that doesn't happen in mm-hmm. a National Football League. I mean, I just give you a prime example of what happens when third string quarterbacks come. You're saying, "Oh, we're going to confuse the hell out of him, and we're going to give him a headache. We're going to show him all these kind of defenses. We're going to move around and just have his head spinning. We're going to have him piking the ball, and he's not ready. Really screw him up. And for them to come out and just hand a L to Houston." Like they did a Houston, which has a JJ Watt on defense. You know, has some great players. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. They got you know they got a new quarterback down there. They have guys, and they went out and just punished them. They did, and it's like, man, what is if we can't beat you with your third string quarterback in, we probably don't have a good shot of of winning. So you 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 have to look at the New England Patriots. They're just on another level of football right now. Do you think there's parity in the NFL? I know that there's a ratings decline happening right now within the league, and some of it, some of the causes are being said because there's only 13 teams that really advance every year in the playoffs and things like that. So do you think that the league is really sort of wide open year to year or that it's really just those core teams and that's why we're losing fans? No, I don't, I don't think so, though. I think, we're, I think they're losing fans because of what they're taking away from the game. Like I think fun. that it, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think the NFL is trying to adjust yes to twerking and the twerking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, anytime you find somebody twelve thousand dollars for twerking, you you, you, know, you got to lose some. <laughs> but I was I was offended by that bow and arrow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come, yeah, on. come on, yeah. right, come on. I mean, he could be a hunter. This guy could be you know trying to. He could be Robin Hood. Yeah, he could you know give it back to the poor. Right, anything. And whenever you start taking the fun out of the game, don't I mean the reason why I played. Football was because of guys like Primetime, Deion Sanders, the Ray Lewis's, you know, these guys who just made football fun. And I was like, man, I want to come out the tunnel like Ray Lewis. So it got me excited to want to play football. Deion Sanders made the, made the game fun. But the battle between him and Michael Irvin, that made the game fun for me. And anytime you start to kind of take away what football really represents – and why people pack the stadiums at 70-plus mm-hmm. thousand. They want to come and see this. It goes way back to gladiator days when they used to come and see each other, kill each other. They used to pack the Roman Coliseum to watch these battles. People love this. 
and you're taking it away, you, you're going to start to lose a couple fans. You're trying to change rules. Field goals is you, you're, losing, you're losing fans because you're trying to adjust to what every fan wants. And anytime you do, do that, these fans over here like the new field goal rule, but you're losing 1,500 people over here because they hate it. These fans like because these new pass interference rules, you're losing these guys over here. You're trying to change every part of the game of football. Let it be, man. Let guys have fun because that's why people watch. Speaking of great moments in the in the games, what is your all-time favorite moment as a player? Any age, any level, that moment that as you get older, you're always going to think about this one time. Um, you know, I would say uh, we played the Raiders on a Monday night football. And I just, I mean, I, I thought I was going for like, you know, seven, eight sacks in one game. I actually didn't play the fourth quarter. But, I, you know, I never knew what this whole matrix thing, where like you're in the zone, felt like. Mm-hmm. But it was like, no, it, it, I got to a point where it felt like nobody was in front of me. And it was nothing they can do about it, right? They knew I was coming. They knew I was blitzing. They knew everything. They brought in extra guys. And I was just looking around like, ah. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what Good luck. Yeah, what up? And then, like we talked about, you know, Monday Night Football, everybody's watching. Um, and I just felt like I couldn't be stopped. So it was like this. And we were, in a, mm-hmm. in, we were playing in a black hole. You can't have a better game taunting them in, in the black hole. It's just, you know, crazy place to play. Let, let, let's let's flip it. That was your best moment. What's your worst <laughs> or most embarrassing moment? Uh, man, uh, I would I would say in 2006 when we, we lost against the Patriots and, like, the whole team did the lights out dance a long time oh. ago. It was, a, it was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at the time, I'm I sorry about that. I had no, nothing to do with it. You know what? I mean? <laughs> don't don't you know? You don't feel bad. <laughs> I, I, no, no, you don't. I, I I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> you probably was over there doing it too much on that TV. Yeah. Go, go on. You can. I'll be yeah. quiet now. So so I was over there. And I was really upset. We lost the game. It was a close game, and uh, we we should have won. And I was like distraught. My head was like I was on one knee and I was looking down and I didn't see everybody doing it. The only thing I saw was Ladanian Thomason running to the middle of the field to like confront some of the guys who were doing it. I mean, he was ready to like throw down because of these guys and how they were acting. But I didn't see it happen. And I finally got up and I seen LT going in the middle to this this big mosh pit and I started looking to find out what was going on. I didn't find out what was going on until I got home. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I watched on TV, and they replayed it over and over again everywhere. And I, then I was like, I'm glad I didn't see it because something very bad would have, would have happened. You know? So that was, I would say that's, that was the worst because it was like, come on. I mean, you might have one or two guys. It's like, all right, whatever. But it was, it was about 70% of the team. You said hmm. that Oakland was a fun place to play. What was your favorite stadium to play in? Or or the fans to play against. Like. It, it was always Oakland. Always Oakland. Yeah, okay. because you you never they had they would say anything to you. You know, some people would just you're going to a stadium and oh you suck and all this other stuff. Oakland they were, they were looking through like the packet and find out who you were, who your family was. They'll talk about a mother. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, they they went they went deep. And um, I'll never forget my rookie year. I went and I got a uh, I got a big hit on a quarterback, and I came and course did the lights out dance and I came running over and I had my helmet on still and they launched a square vault battery one of those nine oh, one of those uh-huh. little square batteries to the field and it hit me in my helmet and my head was ringing for like a whole quarter wow. and I was huh. like okay you can't do this out here in the black hole <laughs> I want to not do this out here in Oakland uh, so that was yeah that was the craziest 
Wow. Well, I mean, we we can go on and on talking about different stories and your favorite mm-hmm. things during the career, but let's talk about what's going on now. Yeah. Because we got you got your like your apparel line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lights out apparel. Yeah. Well, lights out is uh, we're selling lightsoutbrand.com, but we also uh, did a huge uh, partnership with, with Bellator, right? You know, the MMA league and. Uh, you know what's what's funny about it is is I got into MMA like around 2006, right? I was doing just during the off season. I was just doing a bunch of hand eye coordination stuff and just body leverage, and I was doing things that helped me in football, right? So they were like, "Oh, you should try this out. It's good for your hands," and because you're on know, the pass rush, you have to use your hands a lot. So I thought it was gonna like help me out, and it, and it did. But I started kind of like it. I was like, "Damn." You know, I'm all right, and I can I can fight a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got into it for a long time, and I started to train every off season with a lot of big MMA guys, and I just grew a love for the sport. So when I got a chance to uh, start talking to Bellator, it was almost in about a year ago, and we was like, man, I, I, this is a sport I love to do, and I obviously know a lot about it. What how can we what can we do together? We finally figured out. Um, with Scott Coker and I, who was the president over there in, in Bellator, was like, hold on, you have a, a fitness brand that says Lights Out. You make apparel. We are in fighting and fitness. <laughs> Wait, and let me do the math. Let hold me, on. Right. Okay, that makes there sense. There might be a connection. Yeah. Right. And so what happened was we finally, uh, a few months ago, we announced a partnership that um, – that I was really going to come on and, and kind of co-brand Lights Out with Bellator. And, you know, have, uh, so you, you'll see LightsOutBrand.com and a lot of the, the, the crossbars, you know, on the floor and guys wearing it in the ring. Um, you'll see ads, everything on SpikeTV.com, on Bellator.com, you'll see it everywhere. And I just really enjoy working with them. We have, you know, some other big things coming too that, you know, I won't, can't really this <laughs> anything that you like, can like, give a hint see on or you fighting? No, look, no, the, the whole the whole thing about fighting. Somebody asked me the other day. The whole thing about fighting. And what happened was, um, I, I was offered a fight when I when I retired. I mean, I retired at 28 years old, and I was offered actually not one fight. I was offered two fights when I retired. Um, the only reason why I didn't is because MMA is not a sport that you go and you try out. It's not one of those things like, oh man, I'm gonna just see what this what this do. <laughs> No, those are killers in there. You don't want to <laughs> go in there. And I respect the sport too much not to go and do that. So, um, and, and I've been in the cage. I've sparred. I've had, you know, fights with plenty of guys. But this is not a sport where you, you go and just test the waters. Either you go do it or you don't. And because I started building a company with, with Lights Out, um, and, and it really started to take off, I just knew that's what I wanted to do after football. And I had some other opportunities to do things, but just – if you're talking about that going out to stadium, right, and you got mm-hmm. that feeling, that that rush, lights out became like that for me. And so now when we when I see these partnerships happening, and I see, you know, now we're talking to Stove, we're going to Stove, we're actually going to Dr. J's and drjays.com. So shout out to everybody over at drjays.com. We have a huge, huge announcement coming up with them soon. Awesome. Uh, so now we'll be selling apparel mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon, drjays.com. Uh, love them over there. And so when you see this stuff happen, it's like, man, I, you know, has been, I've been called Lights Out since I was 16 and I actually turned it into a company. You know, I bought it from another mm-hmm. company when I was 21. And now you get a chance for the first time, you know, that transition stage after you're done. It's like, man, I'm, I'm get a, I, I get a chance to do what I want to do when I'm done. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have that opportunity. I, 
can we just talk about that for a second? The the MMA NFL player thing because that's been the news recently. Yeah. With Greg Hardy saying he wants to go to do MMA. Do you think that it's possible for an NFL athlete or maybe just an athlete from a major sport to go to the MMA and be successful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because the first thing you have to have in that sport is discipline, right? I don't care mm-hmm. who you are or how good you are, how terrible you are. If when you have discipline and you train, you're going to you're going to get better. And once you have that, you, you you're okay. Now, Greg Hardy is 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 big. He's physical. He's athletic. Um, so he can go in and possibly you know do some damage against some of these guys, but he has to take the sport serious. It's not. One of these things, look, I've, I've been in there and I've, like, trained with Randy Couture, right? I got 40, 50 pounds on him. But somebody who's been doing it that long, his body leverage and the way he was just fluent with everything he was doing, his knowledge of the sport, I was like, ah, I'm, I don't want to do this. You know, it's not something I want to just jump right into. Right. Um, so, yeah, if Greg Hardy can go there and take the sport serious, he has a shot. Okay. And, and mm-hmm. well, speaking of athletes taking it serious and we're talking about Football players transitioning. Obviously, a lot of them have had success in WWE. You, you've had talks with mm-hmm. WWE in the past too. And we had CM Punk try to make the transition to UFC about <laughs> a month ago. Um, like, what were your thoughts with that? Because again, it was his. I mean, he certainly took it seriously and did a lot of training. But his first real fight was in the freaking UFC. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. He, he got the opportunity because he has CM Punk and he has a, a, a great following and. Um, you know, we had we I've had a little beef with him before in the past where we didn't really necessarily like each other that much. Mm-hmm. But I actually was I was rooting for him. I wanted to see him. I like to see guys transition to something else because if you transition and you do well, that means you put in a lot of work because you're going up against uh, up against guys that are professionals. So I wanted to see him do well. Um, now, his first three steps. That he took to his opponent, I was like, man, this dude's about to get his ass. <laughs> he didn't, it was nothing about him that looked like an athlete. Nothing. You know, and, and you can train all you want. You can, you can do whatever. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And at no point in time did he ever apply any kind of pressure into his opponent. He just he didn't look fluent. He didn't, he, he didn't look like he wanted to strike. It, it was just bad. He took a beating. And somebody else like, oh, at least he tried. <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> He got paid five hundred grand. Yeah, and then the guy who won got paid what, like thirty? Yeah, oh or yeah, what whatever, yeah, whatever. He, yeah, he got paid. If you walk out on the street right now and you ask anybody, say, "Would you like to get your ass kicked for a half million? Yes, 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 you know, yes. And, and that's what he did. He went out there and he got beat Maybe. for you know, <laughs> well, you know, that's a it's lot of repair. Yeah, it, you know what? A <laughs> couple minutes of a beat down for half a million. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure about ninety yeah. percent of people would do it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't applaud that. I don't applaud that not one bit. Um, so I, I have a passion for the sport. Uh, I, I've talked to Scott Coker and, 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 and the guys over at Bellator about it. We joke around. I'm, I'm actually about to fly down and for a couple of days and, and train with uh, uh, Benson Henderson in, in uh, Arizona and do kind of a sit-down with him for Bellator. Um, can I get in there? And, and yeah, I can go. But <laughs> that's a whole different Ball game when you go over there. Speaking See, of wrestling, sorry, Sean Merriman, the wrestler, is he a face or a heel? Heel. <laughs> He's a heel. 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 All right. Heel. Heel. I could answer that. You, for you. you know what? You, sure you know what's funny about that, right? So I, we were just talking a little bit about yeah. when I went down. I trained at the WWE facilities in uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. 
And I went down there, and I don't care what anybody says. That train is just is ridiculous, right? I don't. You bouncing off those ropes. Those ropes are metal underneath that plastic, by the way, and you get calluses and bruises and all that stuff. Um, I was down there, and they have these things called promos every week, and for the WWE Next Stars. And I'm sitting back there with my publicist, and we're sitting down. I'm I'm done with all my training in a couple of days. We're sitting back there, and I'm just like, uh, looking on my phone. And Dusty Rose, God rest his soul, was a huge fan. I love Dusty. He said, number 56, I bet you didn't think I was going to do this, but come on down. And I said, oh. I, I grabbed my publicist, and I'm like, what, is he, what does he mean? <laughs> what, does he want me to come up right now and, 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 do my, speak? and do my promo? Like, right now. So I'm getting up. Everybody's right there, right? So every all the... A lot of WWE, uh, the next stars yeah. who are now in SmackDown, and you know they got it kind of divided now. And I'm going down. And I'm like, oh, who the hell am I going to be? Like, who? I don't have a character. I haven't practiced or anything. So <laughs> only thing I can do in my head was, you know, how to be lights out. And I was like, all right, cool. I know how to do that. <laughs> so I went up there and I knocked it out. And um, and and they the following week they offered me a contract. Nice. So. It's good there, right? So like speaking it. of some other endeavors, yeah. what about your sports broadcasting? What are your goals in that? I know today you kind of stirred up the hornet's nest by saying that you would be mad as a teammate if Dak Prescott, if Tony Romo came back and started. So are, are you going to like this realm you, of... Yeah, so, about that. so what, what happened was I, I was on Sports Nation and I, I, I said what I felt. Yeah, I said I would be pissed off if Dak Pres, that Prescott wasn't... The starter and Tony Romo came back and jumped into the starting position. And I said, if I was a teammate of Dak's, I would be pissed off. And I didn't know about it till like the end of the day. But it was like, you know, Stephen A. and those guys. They, I mean, they well, went on. They was for ten or fifteen time, minutes, a long yes. time. And I'm getting all this <laughs> stuff. I just, I was looking at social media, and everybody hit me up and said, "Hey, yo, they talking about what you said on first take right now." And it was true, you know, and. I, Look, I, I'm not the one to lay out the stats and say, you know what, he had 213 swimming yards. And, you know, th- I think those are great for, like, fantasy guys and guys who really care about stats. I want to talk about what was in the locker room. I want to talk about how I would feel, feel if I was on the defense of the Dallas Cowboys and my quarterback is winning and you want to bring Tony Romo back in who's not winning. And who's Even fragile. when he's healthy. And it's fragile. Mm-hmm. So you're going you're gonna to mess up this whole chemistry of this team that we have going on because you have this favoritism or you just love Tony to death. And if I'm a teammate, I'm pissed off. I'm like, no. And I'm going up and I voice my opinions. And if they ask me what I feel about that, I'm going to say, look, I love Tony. Tony was our starting quarterback. But until Dak looks bad, he should. Tony shouldn't play. And that's the big thing because they got a swagger going. They, they've built up this confidence that we really haven't seen in the Cowboys for, for right. a few years now. They got a big game this Sunday against the <laughs> Packers. Then they got their huge division game against the Eagles. Then they have the bye. And that's when Romo's supposed to come back. So, to me, if the Cowboys win one of these next two, they don't have to win both. If they win either one of them, to me, Dak should remain the starter. 100%. And I've always felt that way. Don't don't change the chemistry. Don't change the flow of the team until Dak starts to struggle. Then at that point, bring Tony in. Because <laughs> we already seen what, what he's done healthy. Which is not much, but at least you can say, 
Dak's not playing well, so we're going to put Tony back in the you game. Just, you just soundbited it right there. <laughs> Tony Romo, not much. I like it. All right. <laughs> other, <laughs> other side, though, other side, <laughs> as a player who went through injuries, yeah. that you had to deal with, if you had the starting role before and then you came out at, with your injuries, would mm-hmm. you want the chance to have your starting to say, hey, I get my chance back. If I F up, take me out. How would you feel about that? Yeah, I'll be upset because as, as a player, nobody wants to come off right. the bench, especially when you are – prolific like Tony Romo or you, you know, coming off a Pro Bowl year like I did when I played and now I got hurt and now you want to start someone else. If he comes in there and he got, he has, he's getting back-to-back sacks and he's playing well, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be, selfishly I'll be mad, but I would have to understand because, you know, ultimately how are you going, this guy's performing, that's what you do. We're, we play in a performance-driven sport, driven sport. And if you are performing, you play. And if you don't perform, you don't play. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um well let's let's kinda look ahead because we always do like quick little predictions for the next Thursday game also. So next Thursday is an NFC North matchup with the Bears and Packers. Who's stimulating? Right. No, but, <laughs> well, Brian Horner oh. leading the Bears. Whew. He's been he's play, he hasn't played bad. He's, he's been alright. He's great. He hasn't been great, but he's he's been alright. But but especially with the way the Vikings have been playing with no AP and right. all that. This game, to me, really turns into a must-win for the Packers. Even though they're definitely going to be the favorites to win, they can't lose games they're supposed to win at this point with the way Minnesota's playing. Yeah. it's great analysis. But, and, but, <laughs> no, but, I think it's great analysis. But right. that, that's, another, that's another example of in a division where you have a team that was bad for so long and they caught up to everyone else. I mean, this mm-hmm. is normally the Packers' division yeah. always, right? And this is Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' show. It's not the case anymore. And it started, you know, slowly had, you know, Stephon Diggs, a young kid that came out of Maryland playing wide receiver. You know, the tight end, their defense, you know, Anthony Barr and all these guys. I mean, they're flying around. Kendricks, they're flying around. And what happened was over time that these guys, they just got better. And the Packers relied on Aaron Rodgers to be Superman for all these years and didn't give him much around him. And now everybody else just caught up. Can I get one more question for you? Speaking of the defenses, no, you, look, you look at the league right now. Is there one defense you're like, that's the defense I want to join up right now if you're still playing? Like, if you're looking around the league, you look at Carolina's got a good defense, Minnesota, Denver. Is there one where you're like, I want to play with these guys. This is the defense I want to be a part of. Yeah, Denver. Denver? Denver. Okay. Uh, the funnest thing. You know, the good thing is, like, Wade Phillips, you know, who coached me, who was the defensive coordinator when I was in San Diego, Wade, Wade Phillips will never have you to do anything you're not great at. So if you're if you're not good in coverage, you ain't gonna be covering long, right? So he'll he'll do exactly what you're good at. So if you have great pass rusher, you're probably gonna pass rush eighty percent of the time. And he allows you to kind of, you know, shine in his defense. He'll find a place for you. If you're good at something, you're gonna be doing just that. And that's why the defense is so fun to play in. That's awesome to know. Yeah, that's this, good information. This, mm-hmm. yeah, this, we got a lot of good info today. Right. Can you know, no, like, every week. Go, <laughs> every week. Just take up all your time. Yeah, Pack, yeah. Packers, Bears, man. It's been exciting. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, so, Sean, obviously, we got you know your lights out apparel. Going to drjays.com announcement yep, coming soon. Yep. Sports Nation on Monday. What else can we plug for you? What else? What else? Uh, Besides, obviously, your Twitter and all that. Yeah, at, yeah, at Sean Brayman and Twitter. That's across the board for Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff. Lightsoutbrand.com, the website. Mm-hmm. We we have new product coming in the next three weeks, gearing up for the spring season and getting ready for next fall. 
for the ladies too. I don't know if we said that yes, earlier, but it is for women. ladies too. Yes, yes, men's and women's. We got it. We got it all. Excellent, That's excellent. Thank you so much for hanging Thank out with you us. Thank you guys, I appreciate this it. This was great. Um, Michael, how can people reach out to you? You can reach out to me on social media, at Mike Rips, M-I-K-E-R-I-P-S. We'll see you next week. And I'm Jill Monroe. You can reach me at Stiletto Jill and on jocksonstilettojill.com. Best blog on the web. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, always! <laughs> Look out for me with that. Hey guys, you can follow me at JJ Jurgens on Twitter and at my blog, TomGirl.tv. All right, and if you want to chat wrestle with me, you can follow me on Twitter at Real Rosenberg, Instagram at Dero Rosenberg, and once again, Sean Merriman at Sean Merriman. Thank, thank, you. You. thank hey, you so much for being This was so much fun tonight. For Sean Merriman, Michael Rippey, Jim Monroe, and JJ Jurgens, I'm Josh Tariff. We will see you later. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 